Uh, and then also on Wednesdays, uh, Rimrock Downtown Community is really going to start up their small groups. And so if you haven't been to a small group, just strongly encourage it. Most of the people that I would consider um, who live out the church at some point in their life are, are regularly in a small group. And those are the times where church is great. We love church. We love being fed by the word. Um, but when you can engage in conversations and connect on friendship levels and ask the tough questions that um, you should have if you're reading scriptures, it, it presents a lot of questions, uh, then we just really encourage a small group. So there is some literature here for you to look and, and kind of see what's going on. The small groups are different places, different days, uh, different times, or talk to Evan is great at, at plugging people in, so track him down. He's with the kids now, um, but track him down if you want to get in the small group, and again, we really, really encourage that. Uh, tonight, we are going to wrap up the Advent series, both uh, downtown uh, as well as up the hill we'll do tomorrow. And so if you've been with us through the Christmas season, we've been going through a series, Advent Means the Arrival, and so we've been focusing a lot on kind of the obvious Christmas message, the, the first arrival of Jesus Christ, and what we do to celebrate and engage in and live in the truth that Jesus Christ has come um, to make God known to us, as well as we look forward to and we long for uh, the second coming of Christ, so the the second advent, which I'm um, incredibly excited about. So if you guys would, would you uh, pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come here, and just as we have sung, we, we come here uh, desperate and dependent and needy uh, to hear from you and for your Holy Spirit to move uh, upon us and in us and through us. Uh, we thank you for your word and that it doesn't change and it is... Uh, the testament of Jesus Christ and the love that has been expressed through his life. We thank you that it's been recorded for us to uh, study and learn and be spoken to by and ask that that word would, uh, would go out and penetrate our hearts tonight, that we might leave here a little bit more like Jesus with a, with a deeper understanding of the love of the Father and how the Holy Spirit desires to um, minister to us and allow us to minister to each other. And that's what we ask right now. It's in Christ's name. Amen. So throughout the series, we've picked different words to kind of capitalize or focus on. Uh, and so everything from um, new life was the first one, and then hope, and then gift, and then peace, joy, and tonight's word is love. And so recognizing that list, you're going to see crossover with all those things, correct? You see how the love of God gives us hope and, and how hope brings us peace. And all these things touch each other. But as scripture pulls out over and over and over, um, it seems like love is this, this climactic binding ingredient and kind of the genesis of all other virtues and the genesis and the beginning and the source of all the other gifts that God, God presents to us. So we thought it would be fitting to, to finish this Advent series on love. One of my favorite verses, Ephesians 3.11, it says, The eternal purposes of God has been realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so tonight we're going to talk and focus on how the love of God was ultimately manifest or revealed through the person of Jesus Christ, and it continues to be. So uh, Seth's going to do his best to uh, follow along. In uh, If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be spending some time in Revelation chapter 3. Otherwise, most of the, the verses that we're going to talk about tonight are going to be projected up on the screen as well. And we're going to bounce around a little bit and, and hopefully just let Scripture um, minister to us. But in Revelation chapter 3, we're going to focus on verses 19, 20, and 21. Uh, but to get some context, we're going to read... Uh, 14. So if you guys, if you guys are up for it, would you stand 
while I uh, read this for us, if you're able. All right, so to set the context in verse 14, here are the words of, of Jesus. And to the angel of the church at Laodicea, right? The words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. I am ri- uh, bec- So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Pause right here. I believe basically what Jesus is saying is he's telling us, uh, one, you're really not that impressive. And two, in fact, you are in bad shape um, and you have a lot of needs and you're desperate for help. Uh, and we're going to go to see, he's, he's kind of saying when he talks about, um, would you buy from me these things, this, this gold and this, these garments? Uh, I believe that's his way of, uh, in one way of saying, I have what you need. I have the things that are going to um, satisfy your desires, but also just the, 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 the pitiful state that you're in, I can do something about. So come to me. Keep in mind, this, uh, this is written to the church. And so we, we hear these verses a lot, um, verse 19 and 20, as kind of an evangelistic message, but I believe it can also be applied, and probably more specifically in the context, applied to, to God's people as well. So after he says, come to me and, and listen to my offer and listen to my invitation, verse 19, those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. In other words, just recognize that you have this need, and, and let's get some correction here. And then kind of the infamous verse here, 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Verse 21. And the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit on me with my throne as I have conquered and sat with my father on his throne. Go ahead and be seated. So thinking through this passage, a couple of things really hit me, and when you look at the love of God, there's a lot of aspects of the love of God that I don't think we'll ever get to the depths of. Uh, but the thing that really struck me when, I, when I'm reading this idea of Jesus Christ knocking at my door wanting to come and eat with me, uh, there's such an invitation of fellowship, there's such an invitation of friendship. And so the, kind of the invitation to me is to enter into a loving friendship with Jesus Christ. And that sounds wonderful, that sounds good, uh, but I believe Christmas is how that became real. So it's more than just kind of a principle uh, where you could say God is loving and he wants to be a friend to you, which is true. Uh, but how does that, how does that transfer uh, from a concept and a principle of how God's heart is to real in our lives, to experience that in a, in a very, very personal way. And, and I think Jesus picks a fabulous way to express that when he basically says, I desire to hang out with you. And you think about the times where you have had uh, dinner with somebody, especially when it's, when it's within their home. Uh, there's a whole new level of, of intimacy that happens. There's a whole new level of appreciation um, you can picture these, these, these times in your life where you find yourself smiling 80% of the dinner, 
and you're chuckling and you're laughing and you're telling stories and you're just getting to know people and, and you go and you drive home and, and the thought is, I really enjoyed myself. And so to think that, that God, the God-man, Jesus Christ says, let, let, me, let me express my heart this way. I want to come over to your place and I want to eat with you. I want to enter into loving fellowship with you. And again, more than how he makes that real, I believe, is, is Christmas, is, is Advent, is the arrival of Christ. Luke 2.11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So again, we believe Christmas is, is not just this idea, right? Uh, unto you is born this day. This was a real time in history, about 2,000 years ago, that Jesus Christ was born in a real place, the city of David is Bethlehem. That's, that's probably 7,000 miles from, from the exchange. And so this is a place in our world that God says, more than just tell you about this heart of friendship that I have, uh, I'm going to do something about it. I'm, I'm going to invade your world and do everything it takes um, to make it possible to enter into friendship with you. And so really, I think Christmas is about the gospel. It's about God becoming man, living a perfect life, dying in our place to take on our sin, uh, conquering the grave by the resurrection and ascending to heaven and sending his Holy Spirit, right? That's, that's the gospel. And so behind all this, I think, that, again, there's so many graces and beauties that we get from that. But there's this, this beautiful one that, yes, God is my Lord. Yes, Jesus is my Lord to be stood in awe of. And sometimes in our culture, I think we lose that. But there's another, there's another place here that God says, and also, I want to be your friend. And for the most part, I, I think people sometimes tend to slide one side or the other, either, either Lord or friend. And I'm not real sure where you go, but, but Jesus presents himself multiple times in scriptures as both. And so I think there's probably room in my life to grow both ways, and especially this friendship idea, that, that he delights and longs to dine with me. So why did Jesus come into the world? In our in our study guide, Ben wrote up this. He said, the message of the Bible is that God is love and that he has made a way for us to live the life of love in Jesus. We are called to love God with all our mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves." That's Luke 10, 27. In other words, why did, why did Christ come to earth? So that we could experience the love of God, being loved by God, and then what? transfer that love onto other people. Or John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So there's one purpose there. Why? To have eternal life. And 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And perhaps one of my favorite scenes in, in the scriptures is when Jesus is... Um, getting ready to be crucified, and you see kind of this tension between one moment he's, he's silent and he just takes all the accusations and takes all, everything that's coming at him, and then every once in a while he'll make a, when, when they go in the garden and they say, where's Jesus? And he says, I'm him, and everyone falls down. Or he's silent and he's silent and he's silent, and Pilate all of a sudden says, uh, so they say you're a king, and then he opens his mouth again. And here's what he says to Pilate. Pilate says, so you're a king, and Jesus answers and says, you say that I am a king, and then he gives us from his own mouth why he came, why Christmas is real. For this purpose, Jesus says, I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world 
to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So when Jesus is asked if he's a king, he declares, here's why I came into this world, to bear witness to the truth. And I believe that truth captured is that God is loving. In in the smallest bit, Jesus came to say, here's why I'm here. I want to show the world that God is loving. I think everything in 1 John, it says that God is love. And so I believe that part of what that means is everything, not only is he the source of it, anything that we do that's loving, but everything that God does, every, every action that he has ever expressed in between him and man and anyone else, um, the source of that comes from love. I believe the anger of God comes from the love. I believe the judgment of God comes from love. And so follow any thread of anything you read from God back far enough, and I believe if you follow it far enough, you're going to see that it comes from his loving heart. And so recognizing what is more, some of those are hard to deal with. Some of those are, uh, we, we struggle with. But one that is not is friendship. And you know when, when someone extends the hand of friendship to you, when someone wants to come and eat and dine with you, um, those times it's so easy to see and experience love. And I think that's one reason that God packages it this way. And I also believe that's one reason Jesus Christ became a man to do all that, that he couldn't do as God, mostly die, but so that we could have uh, a friend to relate to. So he knows what it's like um, to enter into loving fellowship with somebody. Not only this, but I love this picture of Jesus encouraging not just friendship, but unity. And so you guys know once you get so close to an individual, there's an aspect of what's yours is mine, right? Um, almost in an inappropriate way in my, my family's household. Your food is theirs and everything else. Um, I had a good friend I've known my whole life came over today, and, and he just walks into my house with his six kids, and Sherry has to yell up, be up in a minute, and he's you know making himself at home, and, and that's just that's what our friendship is like. That's what we do. There's an element of unity there that I know how he thinks, he knows how I think, and so there, there's, this, there's shared values, but there's also a shared part of our lives. And then you think the, the idea of marriage, where pretty soon you enter into the deepest friendship, a covenant, and really you say, your debt is my debt. Uh, my assets are your assets, and we become one. And Jesus, in his friendship, he continues to express this, this, this dance that the Trinity has, that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit share with each other. And then he says, I want, I want you to be a part of this. Come on in. Come on into what we do together as the Godhead. I want you to be a part of this. Listen, listen to this invitation, really. John 15, 9 through 12. As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus, so have I loved you. I think we could stop right there, right? As God the Father has loved Jesus, so has Jesus loved you. Abide or remain in my love. If you can keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be may be full. And then again in John 17, 26, this is Jesus praying to God the Father. He says, I have made your name, Father, known to them and will make it known so that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. So you start to see this, not just friendship, but this invitation into unity that he continues to draw upon 
your love for me, I want to love them like that. The love that you have for me, I want you to love them like that. And I want that to be in them just like your love is in me. Many of, many of us, there's a, there's a distant notion of Jesus as our friend, um, but there's never been this, uh, this recognition that he, well, honestly, he can't, be, he can't be your true friend. He can't be your intimate friend. He can't be your personal friend. He can't come into your house until he's your savior, correct? Or if Jesus is, is still out there for you, um, and he's an he's a attractive personality, he started this by saying, remember your need. Remember your desperation. Remember your wretchedness. I have what you need. And if you receive what I have given you, if you, if you recognize the reason I came to take on your sin so that you might take on the righteousness of God, now we can enter into the friendship that we're all longing for. Now we can enter not only into just a distant friendship, but now we can enter into unity where you can truly partake in the dance of the Trinity. Many of you have, have known Jesus as Savior, and I think that's, that's why specifically in, in 17, or if we look at the passage in Revelation where he's writing to the church, um, he's, he's saying, I want you to abide in my friendship. In other words, one, Nick, recognize that this is what we have, this is what we share, and act like it. I want you to stay connected to this love. I want you to remain in this love. I want you to treat me as your friend, and I want to be treated. I want you vice versa, where when you go somewhere, I go somewhere. When you come up with a problem, it becomes my problem. Certainly, it's a little bit more one-sided with me and God than it is with, with, with humans. But I think he's continuing to give us this example of saying, okay, once, once you have allowed me to enter into your life, stay there, remain there. Remind yourself of that it's true. And after you have done that, and after you get a, a firm handle on that, which hopefully will continue to grow, now I want you to invite other people into this as well. So Christ says, come, come into the Trinity's friendship. Come into the Trinity's unity. And now I want you to bring other people with you. Remember the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And Christmas is a time, I've been to a lot of different houses over the, the month. You go to different holiday parties and you go to different events um, and, you, and you begin to connect with people. And people invite you into their place of fellowship and you leave there feeling loved. And, and what a sweet picture. When you go into a place that is, uh, you can tell there's just health there, there's just love there. You guys know what it's like to be around a person who's comfortable, just comfortable with who they are. And they seem to just relax. And what, what do you do? You start to relax with them. And you start to feel comfortable. And when that love is shared, it's contagious. And so there's nothing better than people who know they're loved by God inviting other people into that atmosphere to let them know, enjoy fellowship with me, but here's where I want to drive you, into this dance of the Trinity, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit want to come to your place and hang out with you and fellowship with you, and eat with you. So Advent, Christmas, the coming of Jesus means so many things, and I don't even know how I could even express that because I don't even understand it. But the one thing that I know it means uh, tonight and, and kind of the last few weeks to me is that God wants to be my friend in a way that he wants to share his life with me.
and he has done everything he possibly could to make sure that's accomplished. Not just his things, not just his gifts, not just his forgiveness, but his very life. He says, now I'm going to give that to you. Now let's get that all over everybody. Pray with me. Father, there's so many things that go into um, the Christmas season that we just celebrated. And I think it's very easy to, I mean, we're taking down lights on our trees. We're putting our trees outside. Uh, toys are breaking and, and getting taken back to stores, God. Uh, but I love that the, the purpose of Christmas, that we might know the truth, that God is loving, remains. And it never changes. And so I pray that we would be a people who, who rest in that, who live from that, and then who delight in passing that to others. Your, your invitation is, is so generous. And I've been, been amazed at that last verse that says, Those who conquer, I will grant the right to sit upon my throne as I have conquered and sat upon my Father's throne. Thank you for your gracious generosity to us, and let us just be thankful and then execute faith and trusting and taking you at your word. It's in Christ's name. Amen.